Hi, my name is Joseph and I want to discuss uh, Firefly, a TV series created by Josh Whedon that ran from um, September 20th, 2002 until August 4th, 2003. So it only lasted for one year and it was only for one season and that's an unfortunate thing. Well, both an unfortunate and a fortunate thing which I'll get into later. So in case you guys are worried about spoilers, I will be discussing some plot details. So if one wants to go in blind, then this may be not be the best video for you. But if you have seen uh, Firefly, uh, I just want to go over it, discuss it, and maybe share my opinions. And you want to do the same thing uh, with me as well. Uh, so essentially, uh, Firefly again was written by Josh Whedon. has a great cast of uh, a lot of actors that most people will be familiar with. The most popular being, of course, uh, Malcolm Reynolds, who is portrayed by Nathan Fillion. Uh, Zoe, who's portrayed by Gina Torres. Wash, who's portrayed by Alan Tudyk. Tudyk, I'm probably not pronouncing his last name correctly. But off the top of my head, those are the major uh, actors that, I'm, that, that comes from this series. And as a huge um, video game fan myself, I also know Nathan, Nathan, excuse me, Nathan Fillion and Gina Torres from Destiny as well. Uh, Nathan Fillion portrays um, Kate Six up into, uh, spoilers, uh, Kate Six death at the hands of Odrin. And of course, Gina Torres is, well, she used to portray uh, Akora, the Warlock Vanguard, but I think she's been recast now, unfortunately, due to her busy uh, schedule. So they have a, a, a voice actress that sounds like her instead. Um, but anywho, and a really quickly quick tangent, but the, let me, since I have it right here, um, the actress who portrays, of course, she's not, uh, Morina Bakran. Oh, or Nora's character, she also portrays Segura from Destiny, so <laughs> just, a quick t uh, just a quick tangent about that. Anywho, but if one has ever seen this show, then the characters need no introduction because all the characters on the uh, on, on Serenity, the ship itself, Wash, uh, Mal, Zoe, the Doctor, um, the younger sister, oh gosh, River, pardon me. Uh, most people, I think, would agree that one of the best benefits about the show is the cast of characters that makes it feel more like a family than just individual characters. Uh, this show really, really does remind me of things like uh, Deadwood, The Expanse, and uh, other series where a uh, where the setting really takes a huge forefront in addition to the characters. I'm not going to say that Deadwood, the TV series, the Deadwood, the town itself is a character, but the way that it's portrayed. There's world building that surrounds it that makes one feel like, oh, I could live in the town of Deadwood, the characters living and residing within it, though are quote unquote real individuals. And um, it feels really much the same way with Firefly. When I started rewatching it, this is about my third time rewatching it. The last time I saw it was about five years ago. Um, and before that, about six, eight years ago. I did first uh, discover the show through the, the movie Serenity. I was not aware that it was based on a TV show until after I watched the movie. I was shocked when I discovered that. I was like, oh, wow, well, I definitely need to check out the TV show because if I enjoy the movie, then obviously it stands to reason I'm going to enjoy the show as well. And lo and behold, I did. And um, actually, I, 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 it's actually because of Star Wars that I ended up rewatching Firefly. I specifically wanted to rewatch Serenity. In case you guys didn't know, Josh Whedon is a Star Wars fan and he wanted to do his own kind of Star Wars action spaces, excuse me, a, his own Star Wars space battle uh, within one of his own uh, properties. And so that's why when um, when Mao goes in with this ship at the, oh, pardon me, so spoilers for Serenity, but at the end of the climax, when Mao leads in the Reavers uh, 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 towards Miranda to fight off against the Alliance, um, the reason why the camera's really zooming, zooming out, zooming in, zooming out, and really shaky, almost like a documentary-like, Style that's because that was based off Attack uh, Attack of the Clones episode two. Anyways, but 
I really wanted to rewatch Serenity, but doing that is like eating your dessert and skipping breakfast. <laughs> Although it's gonna taste good now, it kind of ruins the uh, the whole meal in general. It's much more better to have the savory uh, dinner first and then have the tasty, uh, sweet, usually sweet dessert after. And that's why I decided to watch Firefly first because I wanted to get that that build up of the characters of the world uh, before I watched Serenity. Um, and we'll discuss more about Serenity in its own, uh, think about, oh, pardon me, uh, in its own um, brief review video. Now, I'm just pausing a little because I think I just realized I began this video saying I'm thinking about, but if I did, it's fine. I'm doing my best just to be more natural. I really don't want to make my videos where <laughs> it has, it's, it's quote unquote segmentized, segmentized as in, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about, oh, I want to discuss, I want to converse, I just want to be more natural. Anyways, that was a quick tangent. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to watch the show and for me, it didn't feel like a burden. It felt like, oh, wow, I can't wait to rewatch this because I'm going to be reintroduced to these, again, I know I keep saying this, but these great cast of characters that I don't mind spending my time with. I know that sounds really nerdy, but that's how Firefly makes one feel. Uh, and... Um, yeah, so the characters individually, ones I do want to discuss, the main character, Captain Mal, what makes him so unique is the fact that, um, is he a good individual? Is he a bad individual? He's obviously a person who's much more morally gray, and he has his own ideals, and these ideals, that's what makes him, makes the choices and actions that he conducts. And as the viewer, we meant to ask ourselves, we meant to question, is Mal, Captain Reynolds, is he a good person, or is he a selfish person? And I don't think that has an easy, an easy answer. I think he's a person who does think about himself, but also about his community. And so uh, his crew is part of that community. So uh, when it comes to his community, I know he thinks about himself and his community first. He'll put his community above himself. But first and foremost, he is always thinking about himself in terms of safety, in terms of providing for his quote-unquote crew or his family and so forth. And then of course we have, um, oh, excuse me, lapse of judgment. Let me see, Enora, I'm gonna make sure without looking it up. Enora's character, who kind of serves as the quote-unquote mother figure for the crew of, um, of Serenity. Um, she's another individual who's very much like Captain Reynolds, except a little bit more, uh, not a, a little bit more rigid, I mean that in a good way. She's much more a good individual because she's not willing to do some of the actions that Mao does. But with that being said, she's kind of like the refining temperance that Mao needs. With that being said as well though, I wanna make it clear that what's the cool thing about this show is that it's very quote unquote uh, of this time. I, it, despite being made in 2002, there's a lot of really great diversity and a lot of really great uh, strong woman characters, Nora being one of them. And in fact, now that I'm discussing them right now, one of my complaints is just that I think it's a little bit too stuck in its time. I know I said a paradox. It's it's more like today's time, but it's also stuck in the past. <laughs> so what I mean by that is I think if the show is written today, I don't think Inora and Mal, uh, so I'm getting ahead of myself, quick context. So Inora and Mal, they're obviously the romantic uh, conflict within this story. Um, I didn't say, I didn't go like this or say Union Sim because very much the, the story, the love story, the romance between Inora and Mal, it's meant to make them butt heads because of their quote unquote conflicting worldviews. But again, they refine and temper one another. I think if the show was written today, I think it would have been much more beneficial to instead having having them conflicting all the time to instead just have them being together in a relationship already. I think if the series had been allowed to have a series finale, it probably would have ended with them finally getting together. Or maybe it would have been one of the season finales instead, but eventually they would have gotten together. Uh, I think the show would have been much more stronger if it was it started off with that with that basis already. But of course, if that had occurred, 
uh, they'll have to change some plot details. So I did skip this aspect. Ganora is a companion that's essentially an escort in this universe and this world that Joss Whedon has built. Um, they're, they're, they're escorts, uh, but despite that, they don't focus so much on the sex. They obviously do focus on intimacy, physical intimacy, and that's, uh, um, uh, uh, intimacy in terms of uh, 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 emotional closeness and also physical closeness. But they are also educated individuals, and I think that makes sense because how can you make a connection with someone you can't have a conversation with them, right? And this actually kind of goes back to Mary Wilsoncraft's Vindication of Women's Rights, something like that. Uh, that's essentially what she discusses. Men, you're not married to women, you're married to girls because they're not educated. They don't have an education and thus they're not allowed to mature. Anyways, I'm going a bit of a tangent right there. Um, but yeah, so uh, the, uh, the companions, they're, they're educated individuals. I think that element will have to be changed. Before I continue, Captain Reynolds, he's just a pirate. He's an individual who's an independent fighter who was fighting against the government, the Alliance, who wanted to unify uh, the... Uh, uh, so all the systems of the galaxy together to create one unified government. And I know at first it seems like it's a good thing, but I would argue now that I've seen it three times. The show, the first time I saw it, I wasn't just a teenager. I was confused. I was like, wait, isn't the government supposed to be quote unquote the good guys, the ones who are supposed to help you? Uh, I don't want to sound quote unquote edgy and say that they're the bad guys, but I would argue that in the, within the world of Firefly, they're much more in closer to a dystopian, um, grim, dark future than a utopian. Uh, uh, benefit, uh, benevolent, benevolent future. What I mean by that is, what I mean by that is, if one has read anything from Warhammer, <laughs> Warhammer 40k, or even from the world of Destiny, the way that the government is set up, um, it's more in line with that. Uh, so the alliance is much more grim, dark than uh, uh in line with reality. Uh, so yeah, so Captain Reynolds is an independent fighter who lost, unfortunately, the independence of the brown coats, and that's why he's a pirate. He doesn't want to go in line. Basically. Uh, it's it's like a western set in the space setting. Um, Serenity is the cow is the cow the the horse. Pardon me. Serenity is the horse, and his crew is his um his posse, and they travel along uh, on the on the fringes of the law, on the fringes of the alliance system. Uh, but anywho, all that was context. I would think that Reynolds. Uh, if, if the story was to start with them together, I don't think they would need to change Captain Reynolds' past. But a neuro's past would need to be changed if they want to be together. I think it would have been more better to have made her a, a senator. Or not even a senator because that's going to be too close to Star Wars right, with Anakin and Padme. But there's obviously some Star Wars similarities here. They could have made her instead a diplomat, for example. A, a diplomat whose job is to speak with different governments um, as a liaison from the alliance, the, the capital itself. Um, and, and by doing that, that would help explain why she's on this ship and she's traveling about. And she could have explained the reason why she's not in like any fancy cruise ship. It's because she wants to remain connect, remain connected with the people, the people that she wants to serve. And um, yeah, so I think that would have been much more better. It would have been I, I, that was the one element I do think is outdated about the show. It's just the fact that they're not together already. They're always conflicting, and it it is a little bit tiring. But with that being said, they're still great characters. I love them. They do a great job of taking care of the rest of the crew and always keeping the crew in mind. Uh, moving on, another character that I really do enjoy is the dynamic between River and the Doctor. You know what? Let me... Um, Dr. Tam or Simon Tam, excuse me. The reason why I like the relationship between them, I remember when I first saw this show, I was a little bit confused just because I was more familiar with romantic love than familial love. And it was a little bit weird to have this this man taking care of this uh, woman. And the way that the show starts too, uh, she has to be... So the context between them is that he's saving her from the Alliance because they're experimenting on her because she was gifted. She was a really intelligent young woman. 
and um, essentially they gave her psychic powers and she could read minds and they probably uh, would have devolved more into that if they had the opportunity. And so Dr. Tam, Dr. Uh, River, uh, pardon me, Dr. Simon Tam, he rescues River from that situation. And I remember when I first saw it, I just thought, oh, well, uh, usually in this kind of situation, they're more romantic interest. Uh, it just really confused me, I think, because I was too young to understand it. Now that I'm older, I love that dynamic. As I get older, the more uh, the more properties that demonstrate uh, love in a non-romantic kind of way, like, for example, Final Fantasy XV, um, the bros, the bros on the road <laughs> with Doctors Gladius, Prompto, and Ignis. And there's other examples I can't think of. Oh, Geralt and Dandelion. Uh, things like that. I, uh, Geralt and Regis in the books. I really appreciate that. And I think it's important to highlight that love is not just a romantic uh, concept. It also is a concept that's involved in your family, your friends, uh, uh, and so forth. Right. Anyways, but uh, yeah, I really appreciate the dynamic. And it's really cool to see how... They don't back away from the fact that uh, Simon could have been a, a brilliant doctor working in a uh, affluent hospital, living a high posh life, and the show doesn't really shy away from demonstrating that. But despite that, he always does his best for his sister because he's always aware of what he wants is not necessarily the correct thing that he should be following, right? It's just a really cool dynamic, and I do enjoy it. And we're talking about relationships that we, of course, have to talk about Zoe and Wash's relationship. <laughs> They're such a great uh, couple, TV couple. Um, definitely a kind of relationship that I think real couples should aspire to be. They obviously do trust and uh, love one another sincerely. And I love how you wouldn't expect them to be together. Mosh is this nerdy, uh, outgoing individual. While this, uh, part of my cat, I'm afraid she's going to knock over my water. While this is always a much more reserved, uh, I don't want, stoic individual. And despite that, they mesh really well. Uh, um, and then of course we have uh, little Kylie, that's what Mal calls her sometimes. She's such a great, another perfect example of a strong woman character. And she's just small and petite, yet despite that she's the mechanic of the ship. And she does give her input. She is a little bit outdated too in that um, she doesn't just um, communicate with the person that she's romantically uh, attracted to in this instance being the doctor. But with that being said, I would say that it is progressive in the idea that um, I would argue the sh the, I would argue that the show uh, is Kylie want to be with Dr. T uh, River, uh, Dr. T I don't know why I keep getting his name confused, uh, with Simon because of uh, emotional attachment or just for uh, a physical attachment or a physical need, right? <laughs> so basically, does she want to be with them just for sex or for uh, a relationship? Uh, but yeah. And then, of course, we can't forget about, uh, well, there's two more characters, Shepard Book, uh, really intriguing character when I rewatched it even though I haven't really talked about him too right now I think he must be my favorite character he's very mysterious very intriguing I think personally my theory is that he was obviously an individual who did some bad deeds in the past and now he's trying to make up for what he did and he understands that he can't ignore what he's done but what he can do is just look to the future and not do what he was doing right not repeat history but do a new path and I think that's why he ends up going on this quote-unquote boat with the rest of the crew uh, and then of course Jane so Jane's part of the character that I do enjoy his character but as an individual he's he, he, he's just 
Straight up, if Captain Mao is selfish, but selfish in a positive way that he uses it to protect um, himself and those that he loves, Jane is just selfish for himself and he's out for himself. And there's a couple episodes where I do wish... To, well, there's a couple... There's one episode where he betrays uh, River and Simon, but thankfully the show doesn't shy away from addressing that. And even in two to three other episodes, they make minor... Um, callbacks to that but there is one specific episode Janestown where uh, I don't know I just feel like the ending of it he should have Jane should have recognized that there's a young individual who kills himself to protect Jane but he protect he didn't kill himself to protect Jane himself he killed himself to protect the idea of Jane I think it's important that Jane recognizes that but I think the episode ends with him just thinking that he killed himself to protect Jane the person rather than Jane the idea but <laughs> But yeah, well, I said that was the last character, but of course, I'm not for, uh, I'm forgetting about Serenity, the ship itself. My favorite episode is Bushwhack, where it goes over how all the crew met one another, and the episode just ends. Even we're not talking about it, I get the chills. The, the episode ends with um, Mao, a, a, a salesperson talking to Mao, just saying, oh, this ship's going to serve you really well. Um, it's, it's the best in its line. It has a lot of cool features, and one believes that they're talking about... Uh, Serenity, but it turns out they're talking about a completely different ship. But Mao, he, he's not even looking at this. She's like, sir, are you listening to me? And he's looking out to the side. And there it is, right? Uh, Serenity, a firefly class ship. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can tell, but I'm like kind of tearing up a little bit. So part of me. <laughs> it's just one of my favorite episodes. I think it does such a great job of emphasizing that, that sci-fi element of making the ship part of the cast. Or not even just the sci-fi element, but any... Making the setting part of the cast again, where it's not just a character itself. I think with sci-fi, it's easier to make the cast, the setting, characterized, because you write on, you write on it, you live within it, you communicate within it. But again, with something like Deadwood, the town of Deadwood from the show Deadwood, uh, it feels also alive, but alive in a different kind of way. And uh, I do wish I could think of other examples. I'm sure there's other examples. Oh, I, I suppose The Office. And now uh, The Office would be another example of that as well. The setting itself, the office space. Although it doesn't feel alive in the same sense that Serenity and the Rossiante do. It feels alive in the same sense that Deadwood does as well. And let me see if I can come up with... Well, I suppose also Hogwarts. Um, and yes, I can't think of any other examples. Anyways, but yeah, moving on. Uh, this time I do actually have a, a set of outline bullet points I want to follow. Uh, so yeah, the story itself. The story, while it doesn't really have a... The, the main story is just keeping River and Simon away from the Alliance. And there is these cast of... There's a set handful of episodes that focuses on that. And they're definitely, I would say, these are the main story. And part of that main story is focusing on Reavers as well. This mysterious group of people who are very barbaric. And they like to attack, attack rape and uh, cannibalize individuals. And the way that they create more grievers is to essentially isolate, isolate people and, and terrorize them emotionally to the point where they too want to carry out violence, against, and, violence and harm against other people. Um, there's a group of villains, the men in blue hands, or the, the people in blue hands, I'm forgetting the specific term. I wish we had gotten more of them, they were really frightening. Um, I couldn't imagine what would have occurred if we had gotten in season two. So before I continue, so I know I said at the beginning it's both a good and a bad thing that the season was just one. Excuse me, one season's worth. The series is one season's worth, and I say it's a bad thing because when you watch it, you realize, oh my gosh, there's so much more stories that this universe could have told uh, with these cast of characters that I really love and enjoy. And I haven't even gone into the the minor characters who are in each episode who either give the main cast their their job. 
or who just interact with the cast as they complete their job. And there's a lot of characters who are great. For example, like I forgot his name, but Crawley's character from Supernatural, he's in here. And um, uh, I don't like Saffron's first episode, but her second episode is pretty fun. And the episode with the young man who was part of the crew in the past. And, uh, and of course, uh, the, the, the affluent individual from the, uh, the episode where Mao gets into a duel. Anyways, but a lot of minor characters who are really great and I wish you could have discovered more about as well. And it actually continues with the movie, the main villain. Uh, uh, they're all just essentially fish, fleshed out individuals. Um, and you could tell that more stories could have been created in this universe. But with that being said, when, since again I've seen it three times already, I'm starting to see some of the cracks and some of the aspects that could have been refined. And who knows, maybe with the second season it would have been tempered, but maybe they would have continued with those, uh, making those same quote-unquote mistakes and those cracks would have gotten bigger to the point where it kind of would have ruined uh, what we love and cherish today, right? This, I think the reason why we love it so much is because it wasn't allowed to harm itself. I kind of like that. What do you do uh, that quote, live long enough when you're the hero and you become the villain, whatever that quote is, right? It's something like, uh, applying that idea to this as well. So that's what I mean, that it's both a good and a bad thing that it was only one season. But that uh, out of the way though, I do wish we had gotten more seasons. I like to hope and think that Whedon would have done a good job of refining and tempering his ideas. And we do have evidence of that through shows like Buffy at Angel. I personally haven't seen Angel, but I've heard great things about it. I probably should watch that when I can. Um, but yeah, and personally, I did enjoy Age of Ultron in his first Avengers movie, and I don't know what other properties that he's done. Um, but yeah, so moving on, give me a second. Good thing I have my bullet points now. So uh, yeah, so the movie, again, the movie was created as a way as a, uh, I don't know the proper amount of years that went on after the show got canceled and the movie was premiered. But the movie was it kind of it was meant as a send off to the show since they weren't able to do a second season. They Josh Whedon created the movie, and again that's definitely something that I will be making a video for that specifically because it's also a I, I personally think it's also a great movie. Again, it's what made me watch the show in the first place. And then lastly, uh, so what would I recommend Firefly? Would I recommend that one invests their time into watching? I believe it's twelve episodes. Let me quickly double check. Unfortunately, oh, it's not stating. Oh, well, I'm already here, so screw it. <laughs> Let me, um... Fourteen, I had a count. <laughs> There's no list, unfortunately. Excuse me about that slight pause. Thankfully, my cat was here to entertain everyone, hopefully. She was detaining. I'm not sure what she was doing. I was looking away. Uh, but there's 14 episodes. Should one invest her time in this series? And my answer is yes. From these 14 episodes, there's only two that I'm not a big fan of. One of them being an episode where uh, it's towards the end where uh, a, a group of outcast escorts who were unfortunately cut up to become escorts. Oh, pardon me. I'm sorry. Uh, companions, companions, excuse me. A group of um, outcast companions. One specific one who ended up creating her own uh companion companion-esque setting essentially your own uh, escort home um they need protection from a from an individual it really has no connections to the main story that's why i'm not a big fan of it and the other one is with saffron's first episode rather the, the first half of her episode is just your stereotypical uh, i think a negative betrayal uh, uh negative stereotypical betrayal of woman and it's just uh, i'm not the biggest fan because it's it's boring in my opinion but once 
it shifts. So I, again, I, I don't mind doing spoilers. I just forgot about that. So let me be more specific. Once it gets revealed that she's actually tricking the crew and she wants to uh, steal the ship and kill them, uh, the episode becomes a lot more interesting. So from those 14, I would say there's 13 and a half. So only one and a half that that's their duds. But even then, they're, they're fun to watch and they do help. They do a great job of building up the characters. And going back to that, the, 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 the outcast companion episode, that one I'm not a big fan of also as well just because again, as much as I do love the storylines, my least favorite is the romant, the romantic, the romance, the romantic story between Mal and Honora's character. And that episode is meant to like, if the, if the audience was not aware like, hey, they like each other, possibly even love one another. Uh, in case you were aware about that, we just want to make that clear. It's like, okay, show. I, I get that. I've noticed that since the first episode. <laughs> so it's just too, it's not implicit in whatsoever. It's not explicit in an organic or natural kind of way. So would I recommend the series? Yes, I would. If you have seen Firefly, let me know what you think about it. I definitely would love to discuss it uh, and have a conversation. Have a great day, and hopefully you're having a great day in this verse. Take care.